good morning, folks. Woo-hoo! This may or may not be another episode of Pure Rock <clears throat> Gym and Coffee Shop. I think I have the mic on. All right. So, uh, one, I'm thankful for having my mug back. I left it at my mother-in-law's house on her back porch the other day, and, uh, well, my mornings have been a little bit lonesome as well as more challenging, because it's, uh, this 11-year-old mug fits in perfectly between my emergency brake and the seat next to me, so I don't have to hold it as I drive, which is important. I got my waffle cookie crushed to pieces, but, um, was able to grab an old mattress that has been sitting in our garage and put it out for mass pickup so that's dope too um what else it's friday and you know i'm feeling all right now why am i feeling all right though well probably partially because i just moved a little bit Probably also because I just gave some shout-outs to folks on the interwebs of coaches who might need a shout-out for being dope people. Um, <sighs> I'm thankful to wake up this morning. I'm thankful to have spent time with my kid. thankful to have read a little bit. thankful to have taken my dog for a little bit of a walk in the yard, in front yard, backyard, that side yard, all that thankful for some good coffee thankful for a little bit of good conversation with my my wife before I left out the door um thankful for the lady who just looked at me crazy (laughs) and thankful for the opportunity to teach um, physical education for the last going on five years so few episodes back, I believe, I you know, kind of planted a seed that there might be more going in the future, more areas of study, more um, of evolution for myself. And I think, I don't know, because I haven't talked to anybody there yet, but uh, I have some ideas of the direction I want to go, which is good and cool because for so long I've kind of been very unsure of how I wanted this to proceed, and I'm still very unsure, which is probably a good place to be, but more so than times prior, I feel that I'm in a place where um, I'm curious, I'm feeling the courage to take steps into the unknown, and I'm feeling compassion not only towards myself, but others, empathy, towards myself and others. Um, See, if it's empathy, is it towards people? With folks? Um, And, yeah, so, let's go back a bit. Alright, let's go back to movement and people. Okay? It was the summer of 2007. I had just graduated high school. 
and I was working at a pizzeria. Now, a pizzeria might not be the most influential job, vocation that you've ever heard of, but this particular pizzeria is called Martini's Pizza. It is located in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's owned by Rick Schiavo and Rich Munda. One Italian dude, one Polish dude, both from Chicago. I believe both Cubs fans, but I could be wrong. Rick might be a, a Sox fan. Regardless, both from Chicago. And they, they run this pizzeria in Kalamazoo, and it happens to be a place where folks who are not or cannot be hired in other places have a job. And not only do they have a job, but they have the opportunity to develop a craft, to learn how to cook, to learn how to better manage time, to learn how to better carry their body, to learn how to, to live better, right? It's been a very, it was a very educational space for me. And so I was very fortunate so we're kicking it all the way back here. My junior English, junior year English teacher and also junior and senior year journalism teacher. I think her name is Trisha. I think that's her first name. Last name Pancop for short. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. She, I think she's been married since then. But um, longtime English and journalism teacher at Loin Orks High School back in Kalamazoo. And she put me on to this job and I had been working at a grocery store uh, the grocery store changed hands in um, ownership so it went from a locally owned family owned space to more corporate which as a 15 year old who doesn't know anything 16 17 whatever I was year old um, it got frustrating because there was a lot less flexibility a lot more um, rigidity in how things were run didn't feel cool it felt like punching a clock and it was not my favorite cup of tea so there's that then you add to that um, so I, I went in to the pizzeria and I said you know good afternoon I'd, I uh, I would like to work here I'm a student of Miss Pancops he said, do you have a resume? And I said, no, I do not have a resume. He said, go make yourself a resume. Come back. So I went and made a resume, came back that day, sat down with him. He offered me a job. And so I went in and I started working as a dishwasher. Everybody starts working as a dishwasher. You work your way through this system. You, you wash dishes, you roll pizza, you uh, make pizza. If you're lucky, you get to work the oven or you work on salads or you do food prep. Etc. Etc. I also um, started to do little odd jobs around the shop, um, cleaning things, moving things, and by the summer I was spending half my time doing those sorts of things, and then in the evenings I'd get through rush hour and then um, head home. And so, first day of summer, I get to work early after not sleeping because I went to the senior lock-in after graduation and um, there's this guy from Portland who I'm going to work with he's older than me he might I don't know how old he was um, but we're going to work together um, but I'm kind of the lead dude for this thing and Rich uh, sets us up and he's like all right there's all this iron fence it needs to be moved go 
It needs to be taken to the recycling center. Boom, cool. So we put it in the old 74, 76 uh, Ford F-150, drive it over to the um, recycling center, come back, move a bunch of stuff, end up working in the shop, go home. As the summer progresses though, that's kind of the setup, right? So he has this home in the neighborhood that needs a lot of work, it has a big garage. He um, salvages a lot of wood and other products that, to be reused, right? And so when the restaurant expanded, the bar, the bar where you drink, is actually made out of old church doors. And the seating, which I think has changed to some degree, was made out of old church pews. Like the pews that you would sit in in church were reused, salvaged, reused to be uh, the booths, right? And so that's the sort of guy he is. And so I'm moving lumber, moving tile, moving all sorts of stuff all summer, working odd jobs for other uh, small business owners that he knows, namely Water Street Coffee Joint, um, as well as others, but that was primary deal. Um, and, you know, there's a slate tabletop we had to move. And then there's one day, and I think I might've been working solo on this day. I can't remember. Um, but there are these large stones and they needed to be moved. And my partner for the day was not there. And so I, I moved them and it was raining and I moved them. I picked them up, put them in the truck, moved them. Now, I was an athlete in high school, um, varsity soccer player. I was a goalkeeper, and so I, I, I was, I thought, reasonably strong. I went to the, the, the YMCA, and I moved things, but I, I didn't really know how to deadlift or squat. I just kind of, it was mostly <laughs> upper body day all the time, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. There might have been a bunch of lunges. I might have tried to deadlift, but I, I don't recall exactly what that looked like. I'm sure my form was terrible. And, but I moved the thing. And th through the course of this summer, of this daily ritual of waking up early, going to the shop, finding out what my job was for the day, heading over to Burr Oak, which is the name of the road um, that the house was on, and getting to it, moving things in the sun, trying not to get poison ivy as one of my <laughs> uh, partners for the day got. Um, I fell in love with movement. Previously, I had, as I mentioned, I had been an athlete and I was actually on the student paper, the sports editor, but about halfway through my senior year, I was like, I'm not really feeling sports, right? It doesn't really make sense to me. It's missing something. And uh, since, you know, that time, it's been a time of exploration into movement. Uh, what, all sorts of different movement, body weight movement, movement with weights, uh, movement for performance, movement for bodybuilding, movement for the mountains, um, movement. And I've, you know, toyed around with nutrition, I've, <laughs> had an eating disorder at one point. I've, uh, I've experimented on all ends of the spectrum when it comes to diet and things that have to do with the human body. So we have that to come home, right? And so that started in 2007, and though it wasn't my 
area of study, right? I started uh, university actually as a history major in this urban ed program and then a bio, uh, environmental studies major and then a biology major. So if I had stuck with that, maybe I would have like eventually figured it out, but I didn't, right? Um, environmental studies was really dope, but people told me you're not going to be able to teach in the schools you want to teach in with that degree. So I was like, okay, I'll do biology. And I was working on a farm and I was like, that's kind of not where I want to be right now. I'd rather be like hands in the dirt, experiential, kind of like at Martini's. <clears throat> and so I, um, while I was working on this farm, so after my freshman year of college, I was made aware of, of this farm that actually Martini's used their greens from. It's called Blue Dog Greens, which I'm not shouting them out. It just was happened to be where I worked that summer. Right, uh, the owner has not always made the best decisions, in my opinion, and so I'm not shouting them out. But it was a great summer of work. I again worked long days, moving, moving in the outdoors every day. Um, I didn't train as much, but I also like experienced what good food was like, what um, having a lifestyle that was closer to earth. The, to nature, I guess, living in the in a tent, pooping in a bucket, that sort of deal. <sighs> My commute is only so long, so I'm trying to get through this quick. So, um, I hear about this college at Michigan State, where I was going to school, called the Residential College of Arts and Humanities. And it was explained to me that they had a lot of community-based classes and there's also art and there's a study of culture and language and history and things like that, but from a different perspective. So I checked it out and I went for a visit, uh, met one of the professors, Dr. Dylan Miner, who eventually became one of my mentors. Um, and I enrolled in a class and, and, and I signed up, right? I, I transferred colleges at Michigan State to the residential college and uh, I spent four years there I took I call them community education classes mostly with Dr. Torres uh, studying, studying the work of Paulo Freire, Freire uh, Bell Hooks uh, radical educators in, in all every sense of the word I did some amazing cool stuff with Dr. Therese Sital Monberg and then I also did uh, kind of dabbled a bit more heavily in art with art practices from screen printing to block printing to stenciling with Dr. Dylan Miner. And so those kind of three professors kind of became my guiding um, pillars through my experience uh, in the residential college arts and humanities, right? They call it something else now. Kids call it like ARCA or something like that. Um, and it was a really good experience. Uh, I, I learned and I, I, I saw what real educators, what real teachers um, were about. Um, those three did so much, not only for my education and my thinking and my ability to um, ask questions and seek answers, right? But also 
to develop as a human, to develop my own voice and to um, give space for my own story, which is important. Um, within the context of the world we live in, which has a particular you know, paradigm. So I continue through this program with the focus mostly around education and art. Um, the art kind of, those being like the official things that I'm studying. But on the side, I continue to study health. I continue, continue to explore my body and movement and from climbing buildings and long hikes and dreaming of mountains and yoga and longboarding and all sorts of stuff, right? I continue, and powerlifting type movements, etc., etc., right? Seeking this idea of health. So that was kind of like where my base was built. And then I moved to New Mexico eventually, right? I lived in uh, Wisconsin for a, a brief period of time, worked at a brewery, did sprints on the beach, went to this really cool, I think it was called Body House, House, like H-A-U-S-E, um, gym on the second floor. Underneath it was an art gallery, and it was like a like members only, like punching a code to get in kind of deal, and no one was ever there. Um, that kind of lifestyle, worked in a brewery, um, just worked with my body all day, and uh, was doing some deep thinking. Then I moved to New Mexico, and there were some apprenticeships involved in the after-school program I did. I spent every Saturday and Sunday in the mountains. I uh, got into bodybuilding-type training at this gym called Mandrills. Right, The study of my body continued through, even though I wasn't teaching physical education, I was working with um, the security officer at the school to help with recess, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? Still kind of building this base. Um, eventually moved back to Michigan, um, find myself as a hall director for this uh, program. I think I was actually, I might have been teaching phys ed that first summer. I can't remember. I don't think so. Not yet. Um, but long story short, found my way into this Masters of Education program, Masters of Arts Secondary Education program called the Detroit Teacher Project, run by a woman named Dr. Mary Jo Finney. And this program was f focused on learning, right, and differentiating between learning and memorization, learning and schooling, which kind of built further on the lessons that I had learned with Dr. Torres, right, uh, De-Schooling Society, Ivan Illich, one of the best books I've ever read. Um, again, reimagining what this education system could look like because the focus of this master's program was on small uh, urban high schools, right? 400 or less students, okay? <sighs> Almost there. Um, and then within this program, right, so you're supposed to, well, you're supposed to not have tattoos. I broke that rule and helped rewrite the rule book, but uh, you're supposed to teach math, art, and sorry, math, English, social studies, or science, right? Uh, I was like, I don't really feel that. Can we do phys ed or health? And she was like, yeah, we can. 
So those are, <clears throat> after a year in that program, I started full-time teaching um, physical education and health, the middle school and high school level while I finished my master's um, and started developing my own curriculum around physical education and health in a more community-based manner, right? That's uh, culturally relevant to my students, more comprehensive in nature, that pushed the standards to a higher level and expanded the conversation from sports, 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 and fear, fear, fear as it comes to health to asking questions and having conversation when it comes to health and movement, strength, play when it comes to uh, physical education. I'm now in my fifth year teaching physical education. I've been two years at a charter school, two years at a high school. Now I'm back at a charter, but this time elementary. And um, I'm thankful for this experience. Right. The What's beautiful about this story is that throughout all of this, a profound love of movement and people, generally speaking, the people, right, uh, is present. Um, it's 7.50. Oh, I'll get here in time. Uh, the people, right? So serving the people um, and a love of movement, which can be translated into a love of health and this profound curiosity around it. Um, how can we do this better? Right? Which has led me to create things like the Movement Hive, etc., 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 be in conversations with the, the homies at Deuce Gym, um, be curious about the work that they're doing with StrongFit, etc. Uh, have conversations with people like Carl Pauli. The conversation keeps going, right? The practice keeps going, it keeps evolving. This idea of Fear Rock, Gym and Coffee Shop, Anti-Fragile Fitness, like, it, do, it doesn't stop. And but there's this there's this notion around movement and people and bring these together beautiful things can happen and when you bring movement practice and um, the practice of being humans together right aka community um, conversation some amazing amazing things can happen Woo, man I've been spitting this morning so why am I talking about all this? Well, when I woke up this morning, because we've been, my wife and I have been talking about potential PhD um, programs that uh, I might go down. We talked about MD and all these different things. And I was looking at um, programs, right? The one that came up as really interesting to me is one in movement science. And it's interesting to me because one, I've never taken, I didn't take high school phys ed. I didn't take kinesiology in my undergrad or master's program. But I've always had a curiosity around it and a uh, interest in it. And a practice with it. And this movement science was interesting because it invites the uh, PhD candidate to create something new for the field of kinesiology. And I don't know if I have anything new to say, right? Um, but I definitely believe that this 
mixing my experiences with people, which I have a, a lot of work in, with community, blend that with uh, a deepened understanding of the physiology and that, uh, of the human body and how movement works and all of these things, that we can improve how we, the culture that we have around movement as a society. Because as a society, we um, have maybe a broken paradigm when it comes to movement. Movement is something for athletes that we think. And the folks that are maybe getting it, who are able to have a more robust physical practice, are on the edges. They're on the edges which... Um, is dope for them, but it limits the opportunity for exposure for um, the people at large, right? So what happens when we make the conversation of physical education and movement education not just an elementary, middle, high school thing, but a human thing, a thing that we focus on more so that we are... we we, as a collective, we are um, actually focused on caring for our body, our bodies, and um, knowing that when we do so, right, and when we take care of our environment a little bit better, which is intricately related to our our body, um, that we're going to Create a better world. Sorry, my gate's not working. There we go. Um, that by improving our personal health and well-being and movement practices and in the way in which we perform these things, that we will be able to, we will be able to do more. We will be able to create more. We will build a better world by focusing on becoming better humans because as humans, we have these physical bodies and we've done a great job of developing our minds, but what happens when we focus on our bodies again? What happens when it's commonplace to know how to pick up heavy things? It's commonplace to uh, have access and know how to prepare real food. It's commonplace to be in conversation with people that you know and love and care about, about our bodies. So, those are my thoughts for the morning. I invite folks who are interested and curious to expand the conversation. Um, this is potentially a direction I'm headed. I appreciate you listening to all of my fast talking. I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to Fear Rock Gym and Coffee Shop.